Hey everybody, welcome to another discussion episode of Flip Switch, the Bipolar and Depression Connection, brought to you by the Child and Adolescent Bipolar Foundation. I'm your host, Chris, and with me once again is our most senior of co-hosts, Ryan. And Ryan, once again, yes. we are talking about the teen roundtables, and we're yep. rolling those out. What are your thoughts thus far on the teen roundtables? My thoughts are about the same as I had with the other roundtables. It's, it's really good information for people to know and to get out there. It helps you understand what real life evaluations of some of this stuff is. Now, you were involved in the first roundtable. Mm-hmm. Like you were actually one of the people who got interviewed, if at all. How have your perceptions of just what people know in general versus what you thought back then changed? As far as changing, I think when you can see a, a strict difference between college level kids and high school level kids with their knowledge on what exactly a mood disorder is but to an even larger extent i feel like the high school kids know a little bit more than i might have known back when i was in high school to some degree but why do you think that is i think there's been a lot more advocacy and a lot more information being spread around you know whether it's just a tv commercial here a television show like uh was it 90210 right who ran that whole advocacy type deal on bipolar disorder, so I think it's it's getting out there a little bit more. The, the thing the thing that I agree with what you're saying, I would almost dispute that slightly though. In it's almost like they know the song, but they don't know the tune. If that makes sense, like they know the words, but then do they really understand what's being said? And I point to what we've gone over in the last couple of episodes, which is like they say, yes, we should all tell people and we should be open, and then slowly but surely you unravel it, and it's like. We'll do everything we can not to be open. And, and well, and I think that's the thing. Like, obviously, it's taking theory and putting it into practice, and usually those two don't line up very well sometimes. So right, and there's really, I think part of this is part of the whole issue of this podcast is the theory of get good sleep. That's not rocket science. Get good sleep. Uh, don't do drugs. That's not rocket science. But yet, so many people don't get good sleep. So many people do use drugs. So many people are having really crises-laden relationships. So many people are not addressing their disorder, whatever it is. Oh, and that's because focusing on just that one issue, you don't see the outside pull of everything else. Well, I just think it's very hard to put some stuff into into like a poster. You can have the Say No to Drugs campaign, but how do you have the little bitty I say no when there's all these real temptations going on? How do you say go to sleep when I really want to talk to somebody on the internet? How do you uh, not play seven hours of video games when all your friends are talking about the latest video game? Yeah, uh, you, don't, you don't want to be left out. I mean, that's hard to put in a poster or a bumper sticker. And so I think a lot of these a lot of these guys are learning the bumper sticker version of things, which is really good. It's better than not. Right, right. And over time, I think that slowly rips down the wall. But at the same time, uh, it's like there's something missing. Um, and I would say there's something missing even in how we talk about mental health in the higher levels. Like between clinicians, if you listen to them talk between each other, they all say some really stupid stuff sometimes. You're yeah. like, <laughs> wow, so we are the future. Great. But with that in mind, let's continue today with our teen roundtable. Again, these are just seven people ranging from ages 18 to 20. They all go to a university in Chicago, and let's hear them talk. And they're all from different majors, I should mention that. They're not all just psych people. So, with that in mind, the teen roundtable. Welcome to the Child and Adolescent Bipolar Foundation College Roundtable 2010. I'm Peter. I'm 18. I'm Melissa. I'm 20. 
I'm Amy Lynn. I'm 20. I'm Paul. I'm 19. I'm Terrence. I'm 18. I'm Alex. 19. I'm 19. Um, I'm going to go around the circle here. I'm going to ask you three questions. They're all related. One, how, how well do you sleep at night? Do, no, let, no, let me, do you sleep well? Yes. You sleep well. How many hours do you sleep at night? I don't know. <laughs> okay, how many? I mean, because you just said two opposite things. I mean, well, I, well okay. I mean, I, I guess when I do sleep, I sleep well. I don't know. Okay, then how many hours? Roughly. You can give me a rough estimate. You don't have to be exact. Six or seven? Six or seven? Okay. You, how many, do, first, do you sleep well? Yes. How many hours do you sleep? Uh, between seven and nine. Amy Lynn, <laughs> we've, we've had some discussions about this very topic. Um, overall, I... Do you sleep well, yes or no? No. Okay. Breath of honesty. Uh, during a normal week, I want to say I sleep seven hours. During finals week, make that an average of three. Seven hours is not specifically. So that's not. It's not like I go to bed every night at midnight and wake up at seven. It can be midnight till seven, and then two to nine, and then. So you have an erratic schedule. Lately, even though you're getting enough sleep, you're having an erratic schedule. Lately. Okay. Um, Do you sleep well? And this this is only a yes or no. This is only a yes or no. I suppose yes. I do sleep well. How many hours do you sleep? I try and get between eight and ten. Okay. Is your schedule erratic? It can be. It can be. How often is it can be? It depends on what time I have class. I usually go to bed at 2, but if class is at 9, okay. then you know, I'll take a nap and get the extra hours. Okay. Is your sleep schedule good? Uh, I sleep well. My sleep, sleep schedule is not good <laughs> compared to other people's, but it is for me. Okay, how, how many hours do you get? That's very sporadic, but in terms of like a week, like mm -hmm. seven days, a median will probably be about 22 hours total. Okay. So that's seven days, that's four hours a night. I have insomnia and ADD. So, so, four, so you, you don't sleep well then. That's four hours, right? Like it's enough sleep for me. It's, it's, like I, if I get up, I'll, I'll be able to function. You feel you feel rested no matter yeah. what. What about you? I say yeah, definitely. Okay, um, how many hours do you sleep? Probably average six. Okay. But um, but that's okay. English for me. You're right. college students. This is going to relate back uh, to my next question. Why, if you don't sleep, or you find yourself, even if you sleep well and you find yourself coming out of that, what is the most common reason that you end up not sleeping well? Stress. Stress. Mm -hmm. Stress is why you don't sleep well. Okay. Stress. What kind of stress? Why? Where's the stress coming from? Work. Work stress. Okay. You know, something's on your mind, something that's coming up in the next day. Right. And that you just, like, it's always on your mind. You are constantly thinking about that rather than going to sleep. Right. So work, work is work having session. having too much work to do and not enough hours in the day. I am at a place now where my work is not done. By the time I need to go to bed, it'll get done the next day. So like, I go to bed, but the thing that'll keep me up or the thing that'll prevent me from sleeping won't be like if I have too much work to do. It'll be if there's something else that I can't fix, some like like um, a problem with like a friend or a family member, like some kind of uh -huh. relationship thing right. or life thing because like my work is a thing that I can sit and get it done and if I'm not getting it done now. So so like uh, something not necessarily completely in your control. Yes. Yeah. Anybody else? 
I'm just always thinking about something. <laughs> so so the, the main thing I'm hearing is something I can't kind of control that I'm thinking about and or just thinking too much about, and the other is just all this work and stress I got. And for you guys, it's both work and school, right? Sometimes they're one and the same. My job monsters. So, <laughs> at least there's that. <laughs> little segment was all about sleep. And we heard a range of things. Now, why, why do you think I asked them separate questions that kind of mean the same thing? Just to see if there was any variation between what they admit to themselves to right. a certain degree. And I think at one point there was somebody said something that doesn't quite match up, which right. is if you say, I get great sleep and I sleep two hours a night. Yeah. What? That doesn't make sense. Yet that is how a lot of people think. They begin to think of kind of bad sleep schedules, bad in- everything as... Well, it's been bad for so long, it's now normal. So it's right. okay now that it's normal. And you start to get used to it, and then, but right. in reality, you can make it so much better for yourself. Right. Yeah. Being used to bad stuff, yeah, you can get used to it. That doesn't mean that you wouldn't do better if you weren't doing those bad things. Um, I should come up with another word than bad. Bad sounds so kind of accusatory. Yeah. But it, it is kind of this idea that, I think at one point somebody said that they were sleeping four hours, but they functioned, feel rested. Yeah. That's true, but I mean, we you know can still function on four hours of sleep. But in yeah. reality, you're still not cranking at your best. I knew this guy in college. He uh, he was extremely smart, mm-hmm. really smart, and he was doing a whole bunch of wacky stuff that he shouldn't have been doing. Mm-hmm. And all the people who hung out with him started doing wacky stuff too, and they all started failing out of school because they thought they could do just as well as him. But, in fact, he was a genius, so he was doing really well compared to them. But my point here is not that he was doing good even though he was doing really bad stuff otherwise. It was if he had not done all that wacky stuff, he could have done ten times better than he ended up doing. And it's kind of the same here. Like, yeah, I slept well on four hours of sleep. Great. Great. You could have done even better. Yeah. But, you know, you normalize something that's not quite great, so... Yeah, but then again, I mean, there's... Like you said, you can't just... There's other pulls and other tugs that you're dealing with besides just going to bed at the right time. Right. Um, but, yeah. You know, that's something that came up in you guys' uh, roundtable. Something that even came up in the uh, high school roundtables, which is, you know, why don't you sleep well? Right. Too much work. Now, that's that's bizarre. You would think, oh, I play video games all night, or I'm on the Facebook all night. And uh, actually, there are some people who, who say that along with whatever else they're doing, but it is always work. Got too much to do. Is that, does that that's, There's something that doesn't sound quite right about that. I can't quite put my finger on it. We had a speaker who, who talked about his time in uh, college, Ross Zabo, and he said that a lot of that is time management. Oh, yeah. And if you just manage your time better, there wouldn't be all this work adding up. And we know procrastination is a huge problem. We know that, especially with bipolar disorder specifically, there's a lot of impulsivity. So uh, people kind of get hooked into doing stuff instead of staying on their track. So when we talk about scheduled living, it seems like if you keep a good enough schedule, this kind of overworking wouldn't take that much of a toll. But uh, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, college is rough. It can be. Oh, yeah, and it it has its periods of, you know, a lot of work and then not so much. And that's kind of like a roller coaster at times, but... You know, there's there's a lot of time spent by myself. Like I admitted in the round table, I I want to stay up an extra half hour sometimes watching a TV show, right? Which will turn into maybe you know another hour of watching TV, right? And it just adds up. But you know, right off the bat, you look at what's prominent in your life, 
and that matters to you is high on the list, and it's usually schoolwork. So, I think it's just I don't know. I, I think people can get a hold of it, but you know, so much we hear. Well, I don't have a choice. In fact, this was kind of what we got. I got on Amy Lynn about it was. I, what was I to do? The world was doing this, and in college, you were especially in that world where it's like, you got to do this work or else, you got to do this or else, and you know, so much we come back to the idea that young people, teens, and uh, even college students feel like they they don't count. They feel like they're not in charge because the world says you do it or else. And by the way, you're not ready to have a full job. You're not ready to uh, be graduated from high school. Whatever it is. They tell you you're not ready and you have to do X, Y, and Z. It makes you feel like you don't have a lot of choice. And now we hear in college, well, I can't even get good sleep because I got so much work. Mm-hmm. That seems to add into that kind of feeling hopeless and helpless. Well, yeah, the, this, the locus of control gets taken. Now, now you just used the word locus of control. Oh, yeah. What does that well, okay, mean? So like this, the That's a big boy word. Yeah, so like it's where the control lies and if you're saying people are making me do this or I have to do this because of somebody else the control lies with the other person right and not with you right but but in reality you still you still control the choice of whether you do right. it or not you're no choosing what yeah you're choosing to listen to them and, and you're choosing to do the right thing and doing your schoolwork and progressing in school should be the choice you're making if right. you want to live with your disorder successfully right but I mean there is always a choice to Right, and, and what do you think causes you to choose? What do you choose based on? Motivation. It's personal motivations from, like, either inside of you or outside of you. Let, let me let me put it into a, a context that everybody kind of hears harped on in different worlds, which is, I would use the term values. What do you value? Do you value um, being productive? Do you value feeling good? Whatever it is. I value these things, and I can only get them by kind of making these choices. I think part of it, again, and we need to wrap this up, but part of it, again, is some people start to believe that to get to these positive things, they have to basically do stuff that destroys them slowly. Well, if I want a good job, I only can stay up for an uh, I can only sleep an hour a night. I got to study extra, and except for you're like trying to explain... You're not thinking well on an hour of sleep. You're actually doing worse, slowly but surely. And um, I don't know the exact answer to that other than to realize the truth, which is slow and steady wins the race. Good structure. Make sure you get good sleep. I mean, these basic things we bang on over and over again. And once again, right here with the roundtable, we see that there's a variation people do try to get good sleep and they don't necessarily but then they you know one thing i was proud of was that most of them did actually get good sleep so that was good and even amy lynn got pretty decent sleep bill she just had an erratic schedule which can't take a toll and we'll talk about that later but that's it for today guys we'll talk to you tomorrow